coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. We're tearing up and tearing out our hair trying to pronounce the name of this dang Zelda game. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I'm joined as I'm always joined by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including some updates on news out of the Nintendo Direct last week. And then on Thursday, we're going to be giving Nintendo games James Bond subtitles. But Mark, in the meantime, how's it going? It's going great. Patrick, longtime listeners and you, of course, of this show, <laughs> know how much I love Murder, She Wrote. Yes. The uh, 1980s, 1990s, like uh, murder, mystery, whodunit TV series starring Angela Lansbury as Jessica right, Fletcher. That's right, Jessica Fletcher. And uh, last year, or I think it was last year, um, I, a friend of the show and previous guest of the show, Ryan Mogi, who yes. also really likes Murder, She Wrote, informed me that Murder, She Wrote, the entire series is on Peacock. And so, yes. uh, previously, I well, you were having seen... a hard time hunting it down, right? That right, it was because... available on various services, but only for a little and and only yeah. like five seasons were yeah. there for streaming on like Amazon for a while. But I, I love these shows that are so long, and only parts of them are streaming places. This was my experience with Columbo, whereas like the first like eight seasons or whatever um, were on Amazon Prime, and now like they're not anymore. And right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh. I did a rewatch that concluded l- earlier this year or last year. I can't remember now, actually, of uh, all 12 seasons. Yes. Plus, like, the four TV movies, three TV movies that were made. Um, and I have since, like, started from the beginning. Wow. And going through them. But this time, Patrick, so yeah. in about season five, Angela Lansbury, for a brief time, was like, I don't know if I want to do, like, 22, 23 of these a year. Understandable. So we're going to do these kind of, like stories where she has an uh, the opening and the closing scene or at least an opening scene where she's like oh here's you know one of the books that i wrote and i'm going to tell you the story oh. and i my first watch always skipped, skipped them. them yeah was just like nope not doing it yeah Fletcher bill maher no thanks excuse me <laughs> yeah bill maher is in one of them i was like wow not today satan wow um but this time Wait, I'm he's I'm, the detective? No, he's he's not a detective. He's okay. just like a hapless like person in the story cuz not all, right, all sure, of them sure. involve detectives. Okay, all right. But this time I'm forcing myself to watch them. Yeah. Because Murder she wrote, you know, they're not making more of it, so it's a precious resource. That's right. So, so I So how dare you <laughs> exactly. reject what so is I feel given like, to you? I feel like I have to yeah. watch all of it. But it's not fun. It's definitely like eating my vegetables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry you have to go through that, Mark. It's 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 tough, but also worth it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. As someone whose love of murder she wrote burns bright. Right. Well, what you got to do is uh, you also then have to watch all of Magnum PI because of that one crossover. Episode. <laughs> no, that. Oh my gosh, that's so true. That is. That's the real. That is a piece yeah. of like murder she wrote that I've never seen. I've seen the episode. Of murder, she wrote where Magnum PI, like that part where of the Magnum crossover. Is there. Yeah, you have but to I go to Magnum PI to watch that's her right. on that show. Ooh, I hope that's streaming somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna end up buying like the entire yeah. series on D- Blu-ray so I can watch that one episode. Ooh, I wonder because uh, previous guest on the show and uh, first new recommended uh, looking on Peacock for these episodes, Ryan Mogi, um, has the entire DVD collection of Murder, She Wrote, and I know she has seen the Magnum P.I. episode that she is on, so maybe just ask Ryan. Oh, yeah, that's a great point. She, she may... She may. She can point me in the right direction. Forward, for sure, for sure. Um, here's another thing that you can be pointing in the right direction towards. My copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. Would you like to borrow it? You certainly can. Get on the list to, uh, to 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 borrow it. All you gotta do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Give us a mailing address. We can send you my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. You play it for as long as you want. You send it back. Oops, maybe there's a copy of uh, Untitled Goose Game in there. Um, I said oops, but I regretted it immediately because it's not a mistake. It's just a thing that happens. Um, either way, you don't pay for postage at all. I pay for postage at all. Um, 
And it's a perfect borrowing program. Here's another thing you can do is Mm -hmm. you can leave us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere that you get your podcasts. We appreciate it so much. Patrick and I love reading your reviews. Um, It helps people find the show. So it's a great way to grow the Nintendo Cartridge Society. We appreciate it so much when you leave us a five-star review. If you leave us a five-star review on the U.S. Apple Podcast Store, we can see it and we'll give you a shout-out on the show. But if you leave us a review anywhere else, we can't see it, but we still want to acknowledge it. So and it's let not that we know. refuse to see it. It's that we cannot see it. Well, a little from column no, A, a little from we can't. column B. We're not going to do the legwork, okay? <laughs> but uh, your review is still really important to us. So send us an email. Hit us up on Twitter. Let us know so we can acknowledge you on the show. And thank you so much to everybody who has left us yes. a five-star review in the past. Um, also, uh, you can let us know in our Discord. What's that? You're not a member of our Discord yet? You should get in there. People are having a great time. They're partying up in Splatoon 3. They are talking about everything that's going on in Nintendo. was a totally fun, chill place to talk about the Direct as it was happening immediately afterwards. A bunch of fun, funny, interesting people talking about Nintendo. So if you want to get in our Discord, uh, send us an email. Hit us up on Twitter. We will let you in. All right, Mark, are you ready to discuss what we've been playing this week? Yeah, let's do it. Mark, and of course I know partying up to play Splatoon 3 with people in our Discord because I've done it. Of course I know it. It's me. It me. <laughs> um, I've been playing Splatoon 3. Mark, I've been loving it. Have, have, have you finally gotten a chance to get yes, into Splatoon 3? Yes, I finally started Splatoon 3. Finally, and It's been out for a week. <laughs> I remain not great at Turf War, although yeah. I'm kind of like figuring it out in a way. Um, I never had strategy before. Oh. I was never like, uh, I was always, always a little like kamikaze where I was just yeah, like, yeah. well, I'm just going to like charge into battle and I'm going to try to hope, for the, best. hope yeah. for the best. And it, that's not a winning strategy. So no, winning strategy, stick together. Yes. Yeah, stick together. And I ha- hang back. So instead of trying to like oh. make forward progress, cause here's the thing. I'm not all that great at aiming. So I'm not, right. not all that great at like splatting the enemy, which is really important if you're on the front lines. So I'm more of like a backbench player. I've determined. Right. And it's actually, it's working out okay for me. That's good. Um, do you, uh, remind me, are you playing with the, the tilt aiming or, or just the dual sticks? I'm playing with the dual sticks. I wish, and so somebody tell me if this exists out there. I wish there was a way that you could do a little bit of both, but it seems like Hybrid it's like, would be the best, but it seems yeah. like it's one or the other. You're yes. either like fully committed to motion controls or you're committed to dual sticks. Cause what I wish is that, you know, I could use the dual sticks and just do minor corrections. Right, the little fine tune with the, yeah. yeah, that a lot of like first person shooters and other games. Like implement. the Zelda games do like with, with a bow and arrow that like you are basically controlling the whole thing with sticks. But if you want to just like scooch it just a little bit, you can just exactly. How do you play? I play with the motion controls. Oh, okay. Um, but like every every time I start a Splatoon game, I'm like, oh, I should do like the 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 dual stick and play it like a you know someone is actually like playing an online shooter. Because um, in most other contexts, you don't have a choice, right? Like that's just what you got to do. Um, but it never feels right to me. It, I'm always like, no, I got to go back to the motion controls. And it takes maybe like an hour of like messing around with it to get back into the headspace where I can like accurately or like reliably aim and shoot and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but then after that, it's 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 all gravy. So that's that's where I am right now. I do have a harder time doing that on um, handheld when I'm playing in handheld, just because like then the screen moves too. Right. Um. But yeah, with the controller, like that's 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 the way for me. So I have been playing a little bit of like turf war, but most of my time I've been putting into salmon run. And can I tell you how? glad i am that salmon run is available 24 7 yeah because i love salmon run so much i think it is so much fun salmon run is great and i love that i don't now have to worry about like well i need to check to see if salmon run is available and then i can boot up splatoon 2 or i'm gonna boot up splatoon 2 play a couple turf battles see that salmon run is you know closed and then just be like okay i'm done like i'm glad that that you could just play PvE anytime yeah. you want. It's it's such a weird restriction that was on it to begin with that like like I get it, it's all part of like there being like a, a real sense of it being a live service and like something but like <clears throat> it's artificial scarcity. Like there's there's no 
reason for it or, or point to it, it's great to be able to just access it all the time. I also feel like there are new variations in split in Salmon Run oh. that weren't there. And, uh, you know, I can't say this with 100% certainty as we saw with, like, you know, some of the Turf War um, battlefields that they announced and it was like are these new and i thought they were but they ended up just being from the first game um but there are some that seem that i don't remember experiencing so they're new to me anyways like um one where there's a uh all these like boxes are falling from the yeah, sky and then new. and then like a mothership will come and hoover up the eggs yeah. that you gathered and stuff like it's um yeah it just feels like there's like lots of variations and i think you experienced this because you were talking about it in the discord in the beginning when I first started playing Salmon Run, I was like, this is so easy. Did yeah, I get really walk good at in the park. Yeah. Salmon Run? But no, it scales really quickly. It scales really quick. And if you're playing with people who are of higher level, it just like kicks you into that higher level, which I did with some people fr- from the Discord um, and I had a great time. But there was definitely times where we were like, ah! <laughs> I, I, I just also, being swarmed. I also think it's so funny, like the some of the weapon combinations that they throw yeah. out there. Because it's like, I'm terrible at like three of these four <laughs> weapons. So I just pray that I get the one that I'm worse at. Like in the first round, right? Because you can always muddle through the first round, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I also that that is another thing actually that I like is the um, that it just serves you up a weapon. And you just like are forced to use it um, because I don't, you know, like you. I'm not super good at the game, um, but I'm like a good team player, right? So like I'm always going to be able to muddle through with whatever weapon I'm given um, in a way that I wouldn't be able to in like a turf war right totally and it's if i if i start a turf war with a weapon i don't know how to use like it's game over for me (laughs) i'm done i just also i just imagine my little you know like octo person up there on the top of one of the towers with like this sniper rifle that i don't know how to use being swarmed by all these uh um salmonids and just um it's a very funny mental image to me. Um, you're playing as a, as an octoling. I am. Yes. I'm 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 a I'm a I'm an inkling. I'm a I'm I'm a little squid. Um, and I I get if you hadn't played octo expansion, that's like now's your chance to play as an octoling. But Mark, I already did that. <laughs> I'm fine being a squid kid. Well, I think it's great that uh, you know, I think it's fitting that you are a squid kid and I'm an octo person. You know, it just shows that um. Uh, yeah, peace, peace. Is, uh, is, is is achievable exactly. within our lifetimes. Uh-huh. Um, have you started the single-player campaign? No, yet? not at all okay. yet. Okay. Uh, when you get into it, if you get into it, and get past the first... When you get to the turn. I just want to know when you get to the turn. Oh, that's right. You talked about this talk, last I week. I want to talk yeah. about the turn. Yeah, I am interested in playing it. Actually, today, while I was working in the background, I had this uh, music playlist that somebody had made of splatoon 3 music from one of the or like based around one of the areas in the single player that was very intriguing to me Mm. um so i'm i i don't know what this turn is that you're talking about but i'm excited to get into it and can i just say you know the music of splatoon as a series has been so good and splatoon 3 has not let me down in that regard carries that torch forward for sure i also really like um i i help me out with the name of the city that you're in but sure ink town yeah whatever it is <laughs> yeah what uh splatsville yeah it might be splatsville. yeah 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 i like that it even though there's not a ton to explore i like that it's bigger mm-hmm. than um the previous city it's got those like and, things off to the side and i like yeah. that it has a verticality yeah also, I, I think it's just like cool. it's uh it's uh, it's been fun to just kind of like explore again it's not like huge it's not like an open world or anything but it just feels like it's more rewarding to look around than uh the earlier games i also when i'm not playing splatoon i forget what the like sort of memeing culture is like in uh in in, in splatoon um because you know everyone has these little banners and mark how are people drawing these things how are people like i know there are some people with like artistic skill that are like really spending time using like a uh the uh, capacitative uh, stylist to actually like draw these things. Um, I feel like in Splatoon 2, and I never did it myself, so I might be getting this wrong, but I feel like there's a website you could use to like digitize images and then somehow and then somehow get them there. Yeah. Um, if that exists for this, someone please let us know because I, 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 I would like I would like to not have to draw things uh, because I'm very bad at it. Um, but like 
people are just great and like the the weirdest the the weirdest stuff appears on there it's so funny i yeah i completely agree that i kind of forgot about this aspect aspect of it but just walking around and uh, it's just been enjoyable to check out people's profiles and yeah. then you know like uh um whatever they it's like it's not booyah but like yeah, like thumbs up the um yeah their artwork and then see it like showing up on the walls and everything yeah i also all, li- all very rewarding i also like since they're getting ready for a splat fest that as you're walking around the city now like boxes and like different things are appearing like they're getting right re- like they are actually setting up the festival it's all it's re- and i love that you can exit out of the um little hourly updates now oh, and just yeah. have it be up in the corner and having uh, to watch a podcast. it. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a, a, a great reminder that the, the Splatfest is this weekend. Um, I, that's another like aspect of the like memeing culture that I think is really fun and funny um, that like people buy into whatever their team is and they buy into it hard and like post about it. Like they, like it matters uh, when like, it obviously doesn't, but like, yeah, just a fun thing to be like, I'm team food or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, Grub. last week I was asking you, uh, you know, beforehand, before the game released, we were kind of feeling like, oh, is this just like more of a Splatoon? And you said, yes, but that's not a bad thing. And now that I'm playing it, uh, I feel the same exact way. Like someone in the Discord, and forgive me, I, I don't know, I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but they were saying in, t- in this regard, like, yes, it is, but that's like a good thing because if it was... If they had just released this as an update to Splatoon 2, it may not right. have been enough to get me to go in and like really play it a ton. Right. And I feel the same exact way where it's like, as a discrete release, it feels, uh, it's more exciting. Like yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited is. for yeah. Splatoon to be back in that way. Um, Mark, what else have you been playing this week? I was feeling a little uh, nostalgic. You know, we had just done our Mario Kart 8 Deluxe track rankings. But it's been so long since I've gone back to Mario Kart 64, and I was just thinking of some of the tracks in that game that haven't been remastered or haven't been in other releases. So I was going back and playing Mario Kart 64, and it was fun to do. It's interesting to see how well that game holds up, I think. And I think part of it is that they do this really cool trick with the characters themselves that they're sprites and not actually like 3D models. So the game actually looks decent. Like not amazing, but it looks okay. Now this is this is a no butt rating. This is a no butt rating. Yeah, for I think you. it actually looks pretty good. All right, <laughs> I, it it reads this kind of butt to me. But <laughs> well, uh, th- this might this might be my Wave Race sixty four then, okay, where I right. you know I I can't where see we have the to butt. Respect each other's uh, <laughs> uh-huh. opinions. Yeah, even if we vehemently disagree. But like the music is great. I don't know. It's there are. It's so interesting to go back to like how it con- how the carts control yeah. because there was really there was just like the one stick so there was no like you know there's no real um drifting like yeah. we think of it today you know it's just like uh it's it was, has been very fun to go back to I I'm enjoying playing some Mario Kart 64 how about you um well, I've not been playing Mario Kart 64 but I have been playing The Legend of Zelda 2 or Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. Um, I had picked this up on my uh, Zelda Game & Watch uh, maybe like a month or two ago. Um, and uh, just over the weekend, I was like, no, you know what? I want to I wanna play this on, on my Switch. Something that's a little bit more like, you know, just real, I guess. You know, that I'm not, I don't have to play it when I'm like sitting at my desk. I can uh, play it um, anywhere. Um, and... Uh, I love the game. Uh, I, I I think it, I think it's a a wonderful little um, piece of Zelda history. Uh, but I came up with three things, three easy fixes that could be made to this game to wholly modernize it and make it playable and good for everyone. Mark, would you like to hear the three suggestions I have? Yeah, I'd love for to. Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link. Number one, put in the ability the ability to fast travel to any town or temple you've previously visited. So if you die in a temple, if you get a game over in the temple, uh, you just start the game, you continue, and then like warp right to that temple right away. You don't have to worry about like doing that all again. Okay, so that's number one. That's change a great idea. One, fa- fast travel. Uh, number two, change number two. Experience points carry over between continues and play sessions. So like if you are building up a, a bunch of experience points and you get killed off or you have to go away or whatever, um, the game resets your experience points. So you have to like re-earn them to level up. Stupid. I don't want that. Keep your experience points between play sessions. Yeah, woof. Uh, and then number three, this is a big one. Maps for the dungeons. 
that fill in like Metroid, right? So as you are experiencing them, you can see where you're going, where you've been. It'll mark stuff on the map. It's like, oops, here's a little... Because there's no maps in Zelda 2. No maps in Zelda 2. No maps in Zelda 2 at all, which means uh, that a lot of those later dungeons are like impenetrable without like having, you know, a a map pulled up online or whatever. If those are all in-game, it would it would change it completely yeah i i think those are such great suggestions this is just what zelda 2 needs um it's a good game otherwise i will continue to insist all right mark uh that's what we've been playing this week let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week so before we get into what is releasing this week let's talk about something that came that happened last week Three new games came to the Sega Genesis Switch Online. Alicia Dragoon, Beyond Oasis, and Earthworm Jim. Um, and I think at this point that brings the like total game total up to like 27 or 32 or so, something like that. There's There are a lot of games on this thing. Yeah, and as we discovered last holiday, um, the Gen- Sega Genesis has some awesome games on it. Beyond Oasis is the one that stands out to me. Same. Because I know of it as it as like Sega Zelda like like there aren't very many Zelda like games yep. on the Sega Genesis but Beyond Oasis is supposed to be one of them and it's supposed to be pretty good um I will happily check that out I did turn on uh Earthworm Jim for a little bit uh it doesn't uh that doesn't really hold up also it reminded me that Earthworm Jim 2 is on the Super NES collection do you remember that? Oh, right. Um, so strangely, you can play Earthworm Jim 1 on the Genesis, Earthworm Jim 2 on the Super NES. No one knows why. <laughs> um, also, Mark, I, I put a little note here because we are in the middle now of the third full week of um, September. I bet we get an announcement about which of the teased Nintendo 64 games is going to come out um, and will be out by the end of this week. Could that be James Bond? Maybe. Gold 007? Maybe. Because remind me what they are. It's uh, Pilot Wings, Mario Party, Mario Party 2. And those are the games that are supposed to come out in 2022. The other ones, Mario Party 3, 1080 Snowboarding, Excitebyte 64, those are all 2023 games. Right. And then they were like, hey, Goldeneye, but they didn't even put a date or a Did time frame a on it. On. And so if nothing releases this month. Right. Then, well, there's basically, yeah, either they haven't missed a month yet. Yes, yeah, um, that's what I'm getting so at. So if if uh, if just those three games come out uh, through the course of this year, we got September, October, November, December. That's four months that need to be accounted for. So I I'm guessing that Goldeneye will be either this month or one of the other three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing Gold Goldeneye is is this year. Yeah, because it, it does. I mean, maybe the fact that there was a Nintendo Direct, they were like, that's good enough. No Nintendo 64 games this month. But yeah, otherwise, yeah, got it. it has to fit in somewhere. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, let's be on the lookout for that announcement. Well, yesterday, uh, September 19th, Return to Monkey Island was released. It was released on the Switch eShop. Reviews for this, this is a good, this is a good week for games yeah, that it have is. reviewed well. Because uh, Return to Monkey Island released and uh, getting really good reviews. Looks like a lot of fun. Maybe the first Monkey Island. I liked um, uh, Thimbleweed Park, the previous Ron Gilbert game that was on Switch. Um, played that way back in 2017, I think. So maybe this will be the first Monkey Island game I play. They're supposed Whoa. to be, yeah. But I don't, I don't know. So uh, that that came out yesterday. On Thursday, the Diofield Diofield Chronicle is released. Um, this is a Square Enix game. It's a strategy RPG that looks like sort of a real time Fire Emblem. Yeah, kind yeah. of like a, a almost like MOBA like combat where you are, you know, like giving orders to your troops, but it's the action is happening in real time, and it's not grid-based. Right. Um, it's, they can kind of run freely on the field. So looks looks kind of cool. Again, reviewing really well. And then on Friday, September 23rd, Shovel Knight Dig this one is out up as well. On me. This yeah. one's, I mean, I'm, I'm never going to say no to a Shovel Knight game, uh, so I will absolutely be picking this up. Uh, even though I'm not quite sure I understand what the gimmick of it is, um, I'm still just going to uh, I'm gonna trust the trust the team over at Yacht Club 
and uh, pick it up. Yeah, if nothing else, it feels like it'll have an amazing soundtrack. So it's, I mean, they always do. So yeah, uh, Mark, that's great. We've got we've got some like fun games to check out this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, those are the new releases. Let's close this segment out. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, where a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of our show, this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, of course, you and I had to talk about the Phantom of the Opera, which is coming off Broadway uh, after 35 years, after 35 it's years, it's going to have its 35th anniversary in right. January, and then in February, um, it'll close on Broadway. Uh, and this also marks the first time since like 1978 that an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical hasn't been on Broadway. That's so crazy. So, but between Cats and uh, and, and Phantom, uh, he's just cornered that market. So let let let's talk about Phantom of the Opera. Um, Mark, have you ever seen? Phantom, a production of Phantom. Yes, I have. Uh, I I have seen it. Uh, I saw it on Broadway at the Majestic Whoa. Theater. Yeah, uh, many years ago at this point. But yes, uh, I've always really liked the Phantom of the Opera. I think, like, is it um, bombastic? Is it like over the top? Is it? kind of silly like it's a broadway music <laughs> yeah exactly like <laughs> what, what yeah, are we talking about <laughs> it is all those things but it is uh uh I, I think it's great i think it is uh a, it's really good i think it's a really like fun show i think it's a really good show to see um yeah i like the phantom of the opera a lot how about you have I've, you have you seen it i've never seen a professional production i've seen like college and um Maybe just college production. What do they do for the chandelier? Because the chandelier is such like a big. Oh no, like, that's part a lie. I've totally seen a touring production of it. I've seen a professional. Mm-hmm. Yes, because I've absolutely seen the. You just fake it, you know. It's just like the, uh, uh, like the like the barricades in 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 Lamez. Sure, just, I mean it's just, you have something and like does it is it a giant stage size set piece that r- rotates? No, <laughs> but like it's there. Well, I just I just wonder because you know like the the kind of like um uh overture to the show right is all lot six six <laughs> five you're all you're just like sitting there and if there's not a chandelier like rising into the air right like what what do you do but i guess like in new york uh overture you just sit there right you just sit there and like listen to the music <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um yeah no it's i i i i love phantom it's i've i've never been uh, a part of a production of Phantom of the Opera, but I have uh, been in like choirs that have done, you know, like a Phantom of the Opera medleys, um, and I'm sure that we've done a, like an arrangement of those in like an orchestra I was in at some point. Um, and the music in Phantom rules, like that, especially by like Andrew Lloyd Webber um, standards, um, they're all like hooky earworms. Like the songs are just great, and the lyrics are not bad which you can say for very few Andrew Lloyd Webber shows I feel like a lot of times yes. Andrew Lloyd Webber's music like uh, itself is generally pretty good but sometimes the lyrics are the lyricists that he gets they just do not collaborate well or something yeah it's kind of a mess like I feel like Sunset Boulevard is a good example of that where totally. some of the music is really good but most of it is uh, uh like the lyrics are really bad what I, I also feel like uh Phantom does a pretty good job of avoiding the sort of like pitfalls of like the 80s and 70s like avant-garde slash uh, music theater like trends where like you know even something like jcs like starts to sound crazy and psychedelic after a little bit um and cats obviously um all right, we we I, we've we've been cut off. We can't we can't we talk blew about through that for four thirty three. Sometimes we have to stretch a little bit, but there's I, a I lot like more we could have said we about. We kept Phantom. going about Phantom. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, today we were accompanied by the Berliner Philharmoniker. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. Kind of hard to believe it was only one week ago that we had a full blown Nintendo Direct. Um, But we now have some more details about some of the announcements made during the presentation, including Theater Rhythm, Fiat Rhythm, 
for you, no, Patrick. No, hold on. But you, you, <laughs> you got to hold your ground here, buddy. You're right. Theater rhythm. Theater rhythm. And is it what... shall forever be theater rhythm. And I will say theater rhythm, okay? That's not for you <laughs> okay. to, you don't need to offer me that olive All right. Branch. That's fine. That's, oh, I, I, I agree to those terms. Theater rhythm, final bar line. Uh, the next entry in the Square Enix rhythm, rhythm game series was announced for Switch, and the trailer at the time promised DLC from games such as uh, like the Saga series, uh, Near, Octopath Traveler, and Live Alive. But some like heavy hitters were kind of missing, like Chrono Trigger or Chrono Cross. Right. But the eShop listing of the game includes um, even more series that will come to the DLC, including there will be two Chrono Packs that include music from Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross, plus The World Ends With You, the Mana series, Xenogears, and others that have yet to be revealed. So, Secret of Evermore when? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, this is incredible. Uh, what a great, like, uh, just a, like a treasure trove of Square Enix. Here, here's my only disappointment. If we were going to get Dragon Quest music. Right. It would have been in this announcement. And right? I'm guessing, and somebody, keep me honest, Patrick, or a listener, keep me honest, but these are all Square series, I think. I don't think there's any Enix in here. Sure. I mean, it's all Square Enix now. Right. But they seem to be drawing like they, a line there, there is, there is between like a the artificial for, yeah. um, for this series. Also, the, uh, the name, Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line, kind of has that Super Smash Brothers Ultimate esque. Uh, yeah, thing to yeah. it where you're like, are they pulling out all the stops because this is the last one? This is the one that they're going to consider the platform from here on out. That's this right. This is the theater rhythm. Um, yeah, so it's... Here's here's my worry, Mark. Um, I'm excited about all of these additional tracks. I don't want to have to buy individual packs. I wish there was just a, here's 20 extra dollars. Oh, there is. And I, I can just get it all? I think there is. I think there is a version of the game that you can buy, okay. even on the eShop, that's just like... Give me everything. Give me everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, 90 bucks or something like that, but you can get Boy, all the that's download a lot. packs. Boy, that's a lot of money. <laughs> I don't I, I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe it's cheaper. Maybe it's cheaper than the uh, regular version. I don't know. I mean, Who am uh, I to say? I'm expecting it to be a lot of money. Um, But like, you know, the... Uh, and probably most of what I want is in the main game anyway, right? Uh, and also, like, what do I get out of having, like, uh, music from Saga or Nier? Like, that doesn't really mean anything to me. But Octopath... Live Alive, World Ends With You, Chronos, Trigger, and Cross, the Mana series. Yeah, like that all does mean stuff to me. Xenogears, I don't care. Um, so maybe picking and choosing will be better uh, for, for me on this. Yeah. I, you know, I haven't played any of these games, but for some reason, having all of these series in here uh, is really exciting to me. Yeah. Well, and you know, like the music from Square Enix games like ends up becoming the sort of like background music to our lives as like, we just want something, some music that we can put on that's like vaguely familiar, mm -hmm. uh, but like can sort of ignore um, while working or yeah, studying totally. or whatever. Um, man, I, I put on that, uh, you know, that Square Enix like lo-fi um, uh, record that's on um, Apple Music and, and Spotify. I put that thing on all the time. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It is crazy looking back on it, how much, those soundtracks and how much i guess video game music in general is like the the bat the soundtrack of my life yeah like uh what i listen to so much nowadays tales of symphonia remastered was announced during the last direct and last week i so this is a minor debug i said that the remaster was already released on other platforms and is now just coming to switch but that's not true mm. so the original game not a remastered version but just like a, the original game is available on steam and a collection including the sequel that was made for Wii was released on PlayStation 3. But this remaster is something that's completely new and not currently available. So you cannot play, you know, you can't get Tales of Symphonia remastered on PlayStation 4 or anything currently like I thought you could. Sure, sure. And that makes sense if it was a PlayStation 3 game, as those are not really playable anywhere. <laughs> right. And the one that was on PlayStation 3, you know, like... Uh, was is not like remastered or anything sure. like that. And also, Patrick, last week you asked if the in-game character design matches the original. And so I went back and compared gameplay of the GameCube release to the reveal trailer. And I'd say it's not far off, but they've definitely been reworked. Okay. But the kind of like chibi look to it, that yeah. is faithful That's to consistent. the original. Okay. 
Which also, I don't know if it, the reason you brought that up is because it it kind of like struck you when you saw it in the trailer. It did, it but I did have that reaction. I did yeah. have that reaction as well. Um, but yeah, so it is fairly faithful, but has been reworked. So Tales of Symphonia Remastered is also releasing on PlayStation Four and Xbox One. So Switch, PlayStation Four, Xbox One, and sounds like it'll be thirty frames per second, which has some people disappointed. It ran at sixty frames per second on the GameCube. Hmm. For uh, comparison uh what's up with the frame rate drop here i don't know maybe it's because uh it's going so on switch anyways it's going to run at 1080p in docked mode and then like 720p in handheld so maybe they are locking the sure frame rate at 30 for it to but how can a gamecube game, game not, not run at what yeah, it was running i don't before? know um yeah i mean that's that's the confusing part to me i mean i guess ultimately we're talking about a turn-based rpg right so like it's not gonna have a gameplay effect but like yeah you'll definitely see the difference like you'll you'll feel the difference although you know i i played through like 20 hours of uh chrono cross which was running at like an abysmal like <laughs> sometimes like as low as like eight frames per second um i don't know why it gets so choppy sometimes but it just does i wonder if they ever went back and fixed that I should go. I, sh- I should go check it out because it was really pretty bad for a while, and then I got locked out of it um, by walking into an area and like the enemies that were supposed to be there weren't. Yeah, that part is so weird. And it was so strange, um, and I, I don't know if it's because because Chrono Tra- Cross has so many uh, things where like the story splits uh, and like just you're locked out of a bunch of, uh, a bunch of stuff, and I wonder if I had somehow triggered like a different path. Or like a different part of the game, so I was like in it when I wasn't supposed to be. Oh, like but, it's but, possible it's my fault. <laughs> but that's so unfor- that's so unfortunate though, because it kind of like killed the momentum that you had totally, in that game. Yeah. You were like so excited for it. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I look wh- back when I owned it on on uh, the original PlayStation. I uh, started, got to you know like a halfway point in the game, stopped, gave up, and started over <laughs> um, multiple times. So I'm I'm sure I'll just do it again here. <laughs> And Nintendo, of course, also revealed the official name of the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild during the Direct, Tears of the Kingdom. Right. But since we only saw it written and not spoken, there was some question as to whether it was tears, like tears of sadness, or tears, like tearing up a piece of paper. So I know that that was a question at large. Mark, did you ever have that question? We never once said no, Tears I always, of the Kingdom. I always assumed it was Tears. I always assumed Tears as well. Um, Nintendo did provide clarification to Eurogamer that it is Tears as in crying. And that got me thinking of like other instances in Zelda games, other like Tears mm. in Zelda games. Mm. So the ones that I could think of are collecting t- the Tears of Light in Twilight Princess. Right. And then, which you don't have to do as much of in the uh, HD that's version. Right. Yep. But then there's also the sacred tears in Skyward Sword that you have to gather in, like when you're in the Silent Realm, like those kind of right. Uh, when when you're I, avoiding those like statues that yeah, are flying around, yeah, exactly. Um, and this is the one that I am kind of like most interested in, given the other subtle connections, or maybe not that subtle connections to Skyward Sword we've seen so far in the glimpses of footage. Yeah. In uh, and you know, with the re-release of Skyward Sword last year HD ahead of uh Tears of the Kingdom next year, I this all feels of a purpose to me. Like I think right. that there are going to be. It seems like that uh Skyward Sword was an inspiration of some sort to Breath of the Wild too, and that we all were like primed uh, with with the release of uh, Skyward Sword to be remembering these things. I think so. Uh, and yeah, and yeah, I, it's, I, I wonder what other stuff we're going to see from Skyward Sword in this game. Like if, if they are taking any bits of like the mythology or like philosophy of the game. Because um, there's, there, there's definitely some like interesting room for that to be expanded in, in an open world. And of course, I guess like the big one that ties directly to Breath of the Wild is the Sheikah symbol is an eye with a teardrop. Yes, and has been since forever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, there's a <laughs> for for whatever reason, my first thought about like tears in Zelda. Um, there's like the the cutscene 
from Breath of the Wild that they used in like one of the early story trailers of like Zelda weeping uh-huh. and like just like throwing herself at, at Link. Um, and that that's what I thought of first. So maybe it's just going to be a really sad game. <laughs> or really it, stressed mean, out. It, it, de- it definitely, like everything we've seen from the f- footage and the trailers, all of it feels very dark. Yeah. You know? I mean, Breath of the Wild is dark too. Like you're running around a, a, a ruined countryside. Yeah, but I don't feel like the marketing... Uh, that's true. was that way at all. I feel like the marketing was this sense of like wonder and discovery, which was very fitting for that game. But the first thing we saw of Tears of the Kingdom all those years in like 2019 right. was like Going necromancy. A, a, a deep cave and like yeah. Zelda falling into a hole. Like I, this, it, the tone of this game, uh, tear, like tears, I agree with you, feel right. apropos of everything we've seen so far. Which, I mean, kind of fits with, you know, the, the sort of last time we saw a direct sequel like this in Majora's Mask, like that's a much darker game. So yeah, maybe that's just what happens when you like, you give the the Zelda guys an assignment and they're like, all right, great. We're going to have fun with it. And then they put something out and then you're like, do it again. And they're like, <laughs> now we're mad. I'm so excited for this. Me though. too. I'm I mean, so excited. Come on. Uh, the Tokyo Game Show was also last week. And while we didn't get a ton of new Switch reveals, there was one thing announced of note. Uh, Konami announced remasters for the first two titles in the Suikoden series. Suikoden 1 and 2 HD remaster, Gate Rune, and Dunan Unification Wars releases in 2023. Um, this is a series of games that I've never touched at all, but only hear uh, like whispered in hushed tones. Yeah, I feel the same exact way. Um, this is the first time that the games will be available on an on a Nintendo platform, and Konami also kind of intimated that New Suikoden is on the way. So, kind of interesting to see. And we've had rumors of a new Silent Hill forever, and of something like right. Metal Gear in the works. Metal so Gear. It feels like Konami's after a brief, you know, wandering through the wilderness is turning back to console gaming. I mean, we'll see about that, right? Because like. They have been, uh, for the last couple of years, they have been releasing like collections, right? And we've seen some kind of cool collections from them. We saw the um, the Castlevania collection. We saw the Castlevania Advance collection. There's another, oh, the uh, Kawabunga collection that just came out. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's a great collection of uh, classic Konami games. Here's another, they're being remastered or HD or whatever, um, but it's still a collection of old games. Yeah, that's a good point. And there were was that... Um uh, I'm blanking on the name right now, but the indie game that was a sequel to like the en- the Famicom game that never released. But the, I think that's Ayuden Chronicles. No, it wasn't that. It was it was like a oh, platformer. Oh, Getsu Fumiden. Yes, yeah. yeah. But but you're right. You know, of course there have been rumors of a new Silent Hill. There have been rumors of something with Metal Gear, but we haven't seen Metal a big Gear. Bu- <laughs> we haven't seen a big budget. Uh, you know, like Konami yeah. console title. You're right. It is mostly playing in that space. So yeah, interesting of, though. Of, of like living in the nostalgia area. Yeah, but like I, I, I do wonder. Like us goes. All they got to do is really like team up with partners to put these things out, which or to make them, which is also what they've been doing for the collections too, right? Like, um, the Kawabunga collection is a di- digital eclipse joint, right? Like they're just teaming up with people who do other stuff very well. Uh, and using their IP or their uh, the, the 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 games um, to put out these collections. Um, so the uh, I, I Uden Chronicle was the um, game that's like a uh, Swigid and like um, from some former developers of oh. it. So like even if we do get a new Swigid and game, um, that like there will be this sort of spiritual successor as well as possibly an official sequel to that. We'll get a uh, a Harvest Moon Story of Seasons oh, sort yes. of scenario going on here. Last week, Nintendo released update 1.1.1 for Splatoon 3. Let's just enjoy that. 1.1.1 <laughs> for, for Splatoon 3. That's so good. Some notable changes include, uh, for Splatfest, the rate of tricolor battle occurrence has been adjusted. From the defending team's perspective, they will trigger somewhat less frequently than before. So interesting that they're making this change before the first official like <laughs> yeah uh, Splatfest happened. They must have, from whatever data that they gathered gathered from the yeah. from the Splatfest test, decided to make this change. Also interesting, they add a note that quote the changes to tricolor battle frequency should be considered temporary. Whoa! For now, there will be somewhat more instances of players selecting tricolor battle but being placed in a turf war battle instead. 
Going forward, Splatfest matchmaking specifications will continue to be adjusted, and the issue, this issue will be rectified. We are planning to implement these adjustments with the new season beginning in December. Uh, interesting. Yeah. I guess just keeping us updated, like, uh, we realized there was some sort of problem. Here's what we're trying for now. We'll continue to, like, continue balance to adjust, it yeah. and, like, yeah, continue to figure it out. Because they also say that the next patch will focus on balance adjustments and that they're monitoring match data and intend to make adjustments at the midpoint of the current season. But uh, this release had a ton of, like, connection error fixes. Right. Um. So the in the notes they say we felt like this was urgent to get out now. And then these like balances and all that kind of stuff are coming in the next update. So in my experience, I've personally ran into a couple of in-match disconnections, like literally I think two, and then uh, more frequently in lobbies where it would be like disconnected. Yeah. And then, you know, you have to start the whole process again, which I connects I you pretty quick though. It does, but I, but I, I understand why it happens, but I think it is kind of annoying if you're like waiting in a lobby there's a connection error, and then you have to run back and like go into the little room to try to connect again. It doesn't automatically just push you know, L, try baby. To, just oh push yeah, L. Guess, yeah. Um, but I know that others, you know, have had been really affected with a lot of bad connections. So hopefully, this will help address some of those issues. I mean, if you're worried about bad connections, uh, just play more Salmon Run because there are fewer connections to worry about, right? It's just you and three other people. Yeah, that's true. Uh, speaking of Splatoon 3 and of Salmon Run, Twitter user Oatmeal Dome has been data mining the game and has found references to new modes maybe coming to Salmon Run in the future. Oh my God. A uh, reference to Pair, Underground, and Contest have been spotted. Mark's doing finger quotes, uh-huh. which you can't see. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Pair, it's just for you, Patrick. Yep. Pair and Underground will apparently have their own pay grades and titles. And Underground is said to have higher quotas per wave than normal. But it's possible that one or more of these refer to the already announced Big Run event that Nintendo Ooh. teased in the Splatoon 3 yeah. uh, direct. Uh, details on that are still scarce. But in the Splatoon 3 Direct, Nintendo said that it was a once-in-a-while Salmon Run phenomenon in which Salmonids invade Splatsville. Which, I does that mean we're going to be, like, fighting in the, like, world map? Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I, I am so excited for whatever That's this so is. Cool. And, like, how it manifests itself. Yeah. Um, I... Yeah, so when whenever this happens for the first time, I'm very excited and like we talked about earlier, I just love that Salmon Run is a bigger part of Splatoon yeah. 3. And kind of like n- not on equal footing with Turf War, which is still, I think, like the main focus of the game, but uh, is definitely getting its due. I mean, honestly, between the way that Salmon Run is sort of expanded and the way that the single player is expanded, I may be recanting my Splatoon 2 is just more, or Splatoon 3 is just more Splatoon 2. Um, like, it's a lot more. Right, like there's there's just so much here. Let's uh, speculate a little bit about what pair means or contest. Like, what what could these other modes mean? Yeah. Do you think pair is a pair of teams? Do you think pair oh, is just that could two be interesting? Players? Yeah, it's like PVE, but also PVP at the same time. PVEVP. Uh huh. <laughs> could be that. It could be that. Um. Or I also maybe it's just you and one other person teaming yeah. up, you know, and then it being like scaled to just t- two players, right? Yeah. So yeah, I I don't know, but I hope that these are truly new like um, salmon run modes. Yeah, coming in the future. Yeah, the the more variety we have in in salmon run, the better. It's just a, it's it's such a rich like platform uh, that just give me more experiences in it. And finally, uh, one game that didn't come up during last week's Nintendo Direct was Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp. I can't remember. Did you and I talk about its absence at this thing or not? I can't remember. I don't think we did. I, cause I, I think I, there was so much other stuff to talk about. There was so about. much stuff to talk about. That's right. Um, but I, I feel like I totally didn't clock the fact that it wasn't there. In the lead up to it, I was in the lead up to the direct, that whole 24 hour period that we knew about it, um, I was like, I was remember thinking, we're gonna now's the time to finally like pull the trigger and uh give us advanced wars one plus two reboot camp um but didn't happen yeah i wonder if uh well first of all okay so the piece of news is that yes axios uh reporter steven totillo asked nintendo about the game 
uh, since it didn't show up in the direct and we haven't heard anything about it since it was the release day was canceled last March um, due to the uh, well, Nintendo called it world events, but basically the war in Ukraine. Right. So uh, Nintendo responded to Totillo saying, quote, the release has been delayed. We will announce the new date once it has been determined. End quote. So. Right. That's a, that's like the king of the non-answers, uh-huh. right? That's, that's we have nothing to announce at this time. Do, but I do not think that when it is ready to release that it's going to have some kind. I think it'll be like kind of like a quiet. It'll be like, a quiet release. A, t- a Twitter, yeah. you know, like Twitter announcement. It comes out. I don't think it'll be featured. I'd be surprised if it's featured in a direct again. Yeah, I I, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, it is, uh, you know, uh, obviously an unfortunate um, uh, thing to have to pause the release of a game for um and just in a bad situation overall um but yeah like i don't know i want i I want to play this game it was supposed to be out what last december Uh, that was yeah when it was originally announced for yeah and then it got pushed to march and that was just indefinitely delayed um so yeah i don't know when we'll ever i i believe that we will see you know advance wars one plus two or boot camp someday but it's hard for me to imagine like when that will happen yeah i mean it it certainly does i don't know i mean we know nintendo does just shelve things right where they're just like nope not ready time isn't right whatever uh but you know we saw Star Fox 2 eventually right yeah um i do i think we're going to wait like 17 years for this game no um but that would be funny if it ends up being on the switch classic edition <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, in Advance Wars, One Plus Two Reboot Camp is here. <laughs> Isn't that just a remake of the first two Advance Wars yeah. games? Oh yeah, I guess it is. Um, all right, Mark, let's get out of the news. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and if you like the episode, you should share it on Facebook or Twitter or any, you know, any platform where you can share a thing. If you can share it in, in real life uh, to a person that you know and love and who trusts you very much, uh, tell them about this show. They'll appreciate it. We'll appreciate it. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And the show is at Nin Cart Society. There's also a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com. Or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening. <laughs>